One to four years in prison. That's what women in Argentina faced for getting a clandestine abortion. But that's now changed in the land of Pope Francis, where women stood up and took to the streets in protest multiple times. Argentinians closed 2020 with the approval of a bill to legalize abortion. We're going to start with a historic victory for women's rights in Latin America, where senators in Argentina have voted to legalize abortion. The Senate voted 38 to 29 in favor of the bill, granting millions of women access to legal elective abortion until the 14th week of pregnancy. Members of Argentina's pro-abortion rights Green Wave movement celebrated in a sea of green, the color that symbolizes the pro-choice campaign and women's rights across the region. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Abortion in Argentina was legal only in the case of rape or if a woman's life was at risk. But that doesn't mean they weren't happening. The health ministry says up to 500,000 secret abortions were carried out yearly, and that between 2015 and 2018, at least 155 women died of complications. The fight to decriminalize and legalize abortion in the South American country wasn't an easy one. In 2018, the Chamber of Deputies, that's Argentina's lower house, voted in favor of it. But the bill was rejected in the Senate. In 2020, the proposal had a unique ally, Alberto Fernandez. Argentina's president was the first to push for a law to guarantee women's access to reproductive health. Within the next 10 days, I will present a Voluntary Termination of Pregnancy Act that legalizes abortion at the initial time of pregnancy and allows women to access the health system when they make the decision to abort. Today, we're revisiting an episode from last year when abortion wasn't yet legal in the country. We talked then to Al Jazeera's Buenos Aires correspondent, Teresa Bo who told us about the women who've protested on the streets for years, wearing green handkerchiefs as a symbol of the movement. And she explained why this fight was important to so many. Teresa, we saw thousands of people on the streets of Buenos Aires, this mass green movement, it looked like, with people wearing green handkerchiefs and and green bandanas out in the streets. Who were they? What does the green symbolize? What can you tell us about them? Well, it's definitely become not only a a symbol in Argentina, it's the green handkerchief, but also in Latin America. And it began uh, back in 2015 when uh, the anti-femicide uh, demonstrations began because uh, some local NGOs here reported that a woman is killed in Argentina every 24 hours by uh, its partner or husband or or some in, in some person that's close to her. And women rights groups started demanding uh, to for women to be better protected. That with uh, the demand to, to legalize abortions in this country, not only to decriminalize it, but to legalize, to make it affordable to women to go to a public hospitals 
and uh, have an abortion carried out. It's become now a, a matter of public health care. And that's why now it has the support of the president, because he's basically saying that now is the time that the law can be changed. So you mentioned 2015. What first propelled people to take to the streets? What was the catalyst for them going out there? Well, back in, in 2015, uh, there was a brutal murder of a, of a teenage girl. She was pregnant by her boyfriend. Uh, her mother claimed her boyfriend's family didn't want her to have a baby. Uh, later on, there's a very big case here that is basically what started forcing women uh, to take to the streets. And that's in the province of Tucumán. It's the case of Belén, who's a woman that went to a public hospital. Um, she was uh, bleeding and the doctors told her that she was pregnant and she said that she didn't know that she was pregnant. Later on, she was accused of having an abortion and she was uh, sentenced to eight years in prison. That was something that shocked women rights groups. And in that province, that's where the demonstration started, asking for Belen to be released. Belen woke up from a miscarriage surrounded by police officers. She was immediately detained and was never given the right to a defence. Her case is filled with irregularities. The accusers claim she was 32 weeks pregnant, but that isn't right. In this country, wealthy women can have abortions every day. The problem is if you're poor. There are no protocols. Even though Belen did not have an abortion, women who go to public hospitals are subject to some nurses and doctors who give more importance to their moral views than to their jobs. She was acquitted after about two years, uh, but that had also a very strong impact. What are women and activists asking for, specifically? Well, what the big demand here is that even though abortion is legal in cases of rape or if a woman's life is at risk, is legalizing abortion. It's not only to decriminalize it, which would be that if a woman has an abortion in a clandestine way, um, she, you know, cannot be sentenced. It's also the fact that a woman can go to a public hospital and have an abortion. And the reason why is mostly because the women that can afford it can have an abortion. They go to an, uh, a doctor, a practitioner, and even though it is illegal, it happens. You know, there's thousands and thousands of clandestine abortion that happen in this country. The problem is when you do not have the money, and that's why it's become an issue of class too. You have been in the thick of some of those protests, I know, because I've seen you on television reporting from the midst of these protesters, all dressed in green, shouting, they have signs. Who are the people that you met? Who who takes it upon themselves to go out to the streets to protest? What ages, what, what walks of life, what kind of backgrounds are they? Well, I think that what's interesting about the whole fight for uh, legal abortions in Argentina is that it crosses all political lines, all class lines. I mean, you see poor women, some of them who have had abortions and said that they don't want to go through that experience again. I am poor. I hardly make enough money to support my child. And I'm tired of seeing women living in shelters, taking care of children they cannot support. And the reason they have them is because there is no education. We need a law that will guarantee sexual education, that will assist women to get contraceptives and will allow women to have an abortion if they don't want that child. But you also see women could, could have an afford one who are uh, professors, lawyers, 
professional in a way and who are demanding that abortions be legalized in this country. I want it to be legal because I understand that the people who are the most affected, the most vulnerable, are the poorest women, the ones with the least amount of resources. Because this is more than just about economic resources, this is also about access to information. And what's interesting that happened in the latest uh, attempt to legalize it while it was voted in Congress is that it is something that crossed completely across party lines. It, in a way, united women from different political parties that in other other subjects, their opponents are almost enemies. Describe the protests for me. What's the atmosphere like? In general, there's, you know, it's like a concert. People gather there. There's uh, music. Um, women get together. At some point, they say, we all pick up our green handkerchiefs up in the air. And I'll never forget what the environment was when passed the Chamber of Deputies back in 2018. The emotion among women... Um, you know, it, it can be compared to something that happened in Argentina when divorce uh, was approved in Argentina back in the 1980s, when same-sex marriage was approved in Argentina. So Teresa just listed some pretty progressive changes in the country that had taken place. But I asked her to take us back to 2018 under then-President Mauricio Macri. That's when she saw thousands of activists in the streets who had organized what seemed like a pretty powerful campaign, a successful one, to persuade the lower house of Congress to vote in favor of their demand to decriminalize and legalize abortion. For the first time, President Mauricio Macri opened up the debate and he said, I'm going to allow Congress to vote on this issue. So every, everybody exposed, you know, their views, etc. So there was a big debate and a big discussion uh, in Argentina society. And that discussion made it to the Chamber of Deputies. And that's when it passed. And then it made it to the Senate. And the Senate is much more conservative, mostly because the provinces of Argentina have a lot more power. And that's where the bill got rejected. And what's interesting also is that the, the reality in Argentina is what happens in the city, in the capital, and what happens outside. And outside, the situation is completely different. We're talking about provinces that are very Catholic, that are very conservative, um, where politicians or the same politician has been in power for many, many years. So it, it, the Senate represents that. And that's why it's been a very, very difficult fight. So what role does religion play in this fight? And of course, and by religion, we're specifically talking mostly about the Catholic Church because this is the home of the current Roman Catholic Pope. Well, it plays a, a very big role because the Church has lots of power in Argentina and the relationship with the Vatican in general, aside from the Pope, uh, has been a very important one for this country. The current president just came back from a trip to the Vatican. They seem to be in excellent terms, but it's not clear yet how well that relationship will remain if abortion is legalized in the country. In the past, 
when uh, during former President Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner's same-sex marriage was passed, the Catholic Church was also opposing it. But we do know also that the Church is calling for big demonstrations to oppose the law. Uh, we'll probably see several of those in, in the next months. So is this dividing public opinion? Definitely, definitely. And the divide is a very big one. I mean, in the demonstrations uh, of, you know, when the vote happened, you had on one side people carrying blue handkerchiefs and on the other side people carrying green handkerchiefs. The blue handkerchief represents pro-life groups and they represent the church. We want to save the mothers but also the babies. All lives are important and that's why we're pro-life. In Argentina, we defend life, not murder. Those groups are also, in a way, exerting their pressure, not only on the population, but on deputies, on senators. They are the ones that want to say, you know, if you go ahead with this, we won't vote for you. So you spoke to a doctor, an obstetrician, back in 2018 for one of your packages for Al Jazeera English, and... His name is Dr. Mario Sebastiani, and he talked to you about the role of religion and where he thinks it should now move when it comes to this fight. What do you remember about that interview? What I remember is seeing a very tired doctor of seeing uh, botched abortions. I mean, he works at the Italian hospital in Buenos Aires, and he was one of the doctors that was part of the commissions that were created in Congress who addressed of what really happens. You know, what, what he described to us is that he is tired of seeing women with no money who ended up in a clandestine abortion clinic or doing things in the wrong way. Legalizing abortion would mean that I wouldn't see women here in the hospital with the complications that we see today. They would meet the doctor, go to the pharmacy, and then they can have a private abortion at home. So who currently has access to abortion in Argentina right now? Well, legally, no one. I mean, it's it's illegal unless, uh, as I said before, you your life is at risk or you've been raped. And that's not even implemented in many, many cases. And the women that can afford it, and it's very costly, uh, women, you know, if you have money, you go to a private clinic or a private doctor and you get uh, the pills or you get the medication and, and there's no complication and you get it done right. The pe- women that generally have complication are poor women because they end up going to places that are unsafe. The place was dirty. It was a clinic filled with women, poor women. They told me that if anything bad happened, I couldn't go back, that I had to go straight to the hospital. But that was also a problem because if you go, they always treat you badly. I remember I did a story about 10 years ago um, when there was this midwives that made abortions to poor women using hangers. And I I remember being shocked and saying, this is what she used to actually carry out an abortion. And they would, you know, use some plastic with a hanger. You get a coat hanger and you put it inside this rubber pipe. And with this, I scratch the placenta so the fetus starts coming out. And... You know, no wonder so many women ended up being hospitalized because of this. Well, now there's like medications and it seems to be simpler, but this doesn't change the fact that women are still not controlled. They're doing it in a clandestine way. If they have a complication, they are afraid of going to a public hospital because this could have consequences with the police. So you start talking to women and listening to their stories and you see 
how not being able to go to a doctor and to have proper care has an impact on women's lives and why women continue to die and why they end up going to this type of places because they are afraid or they cannot afford to go to places that are safe. Teresa, many doctors in Argentina are often hesitant to perform abortions under even lawful circumstances because they fear the consequences, whether they're social or they're legal. Talk to us about Lucia's case, because you spoke to her doctors in that incident. Who is she? Well, Lucia is an 11-year-old girl who was abused by her step-grandfather and got pregnant. And when she went to a hospital, her mother took her to a hospital to have an abortion. She said, I want you to take out what the old man put inside of me. This this happened in the province of Tucumán in northern Argentina. It's a very conservative province. The province's health ministry started pushing her to keep the baby. Um, And they did so many things that when she was two months pregnant, when she was finally authorized because Argentinian law allowed her to have an abortion, uh, she was already four months pregnant and the, the time kept on going. And then when that abortion was authorized, there were no doctors to carry out that abortion. So these two people I met, Cecilia Uset and her husband, Jose Gijena, who are obstetricians and, and uh, gynecologists in, in Tucumán, they said, we are going to do it. So the whole thing of what they described that they saw was... I wanted to evaluate what we could do in her case, and what I saw horrified me. An 11-year-old girl playing with toys whose body is not developed to give birth with a belly. She still had her baby teeth in her mouth. She was being tortured. And the reason why they decided to have a C-section is because they said that they wanted to try to save the baby. But, you know, her body was not ready to deliver a baby. She was too small, too tiny. She was a girl, so she, she could die if they, she tried to have like a regular or give birth. So they ended up picking up, doing a C-section for her own safety. The baby was put into care. Uh, it was like a five-month pregnancy, but in the end, the baby ended up dying. But that could have been prevented had that pregnancy been ended when the girl first went to the hospital. And it took her months to be able to get there. And now you have a baby that died, but also a girl who's traumatized for life. Amnesty International estimates that the current vote in the Chamber of Deputies, which is Argentina's lower house, could be in favor of legalization. But the Senate might again, be the determining factor there for the bill to become a law. What do you sense is going to happen? Do you have a good grasp on that? Nobody really knows. I mean, we've been hearing some reports that this year it could pass. We also have heard reports that were very close to to the president's office that um, the pressure from the presidential palace is very strong. And even though members of his party in the Senate that would vote against it, they're being told this is something of public health. I understand if you're a religious person, but this is, has to do with our policies and the pressure from the from the presidential palace is very, very from Alberto Fernandez is very, very strong. A present state must protect citizens in general and obviously women in particular. 
And in the 21st century, every society needs to respect the individual decision of its members to decide freely of their bodies. If it doesn't pass this time, what Alberto Fernandez said is that he's going to present it again next year and again and again until it passes. And women rights groups say that if it doesn't pass, they will continue to put pressure on the streets, they will continue to protest, to demonstrate, because this is something that, whether it's now or in, a, in several years ahead, it is going to pass at some point. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Ney Alvarez with Dina Kispe, Nagin Oliay, Alexandra Locke, Priyanka Telbe, Amy Walters, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan was the sound designer. Natalia Aldana is our engagement producer. And Stacey Samuel is The Take's executive producer. Special thanks to Teresa Bo, Mercedes Vargas Lugo, and Pilar Tajerina. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, go to this episode's description. You'll find extra information about the topic, but also our social media handles. And for more, just go to aljazeera.com slash the take.